So welcome back to Small Biz Matters here on Triple H 100.1 FM. Thank you for joining us earlier with uh, another great interview from a retail success story. But we're going to pivot now pivoting is the thing we do right now and talk about a different aspect of marketing which is looking at your own customer journey and the importance of understanding that when it comes to marketing strategy. So in the world of small business marketing strategy can seem like a long battle requiring constant tweaking and analysis. We we post, we upload, we photograph, we describe, we blog, we video and sometimes it can seem like a bit of a waste of time. Well without a strategy you might very well be doing that, wasting your time. What's important to know about your product, knowing your clients, knowing your customer journey is that they navigate your marketing collateral. It's a simple strategy and a great starting point for many small businesses who not yet have a strategy or even a thought to get yourself started. Lauren Prayel specialises in supporting small businesses in her business LEP Digital, drawing on years of working with corporate brands and is here to share with us her understanding of the customer journey and why this is an important piece of the strategy puzzle. Welcome to Triple H. Thanks so much, Alexi. It's great to be here. Yes, it's lovely to have someone in the studio at these times of weirdness that we're all living in. Now, we're talking about marketing because... Look, we can't talk about it enough, really, when it comes to small business. And so many of us are wearing that marketing hat and doing it all ourselves. And although we hear a lot about, you know, the the fact that there's videos and there's tutorials and there's ways to learn and fantastic podcasts that you can listen to to understand it all, sometimes that can be a little bit scatter. And sometimes you need to bring it all back to the middle, which is a strategy. Why do you think it's so important that you have a marketing strategy and sort of in the beginning really just to, as a foundation of your of your growth yeah, look, it's so important because I think as brand owners, as people that are trying to market their product or service, it can be really overwhelming, as you say. We hear about all of these different content and content strategies and we think, how is this going to work for me or what really should I be focusing on or investing my time on to make this work? So it's why content marketers like me in my field refer to um, what's called a customer buying journey. Now that can sound um, quite jargony for people that aren't in the industry, but essentially what it comes down to is the buyer journey is really that process that buyers go through to become aware of evaluate and then finally purchase that product or service. And it's really important to understand that there is a process. You know, we don't just impulse buy anymore. Mm. We really go to, to great lengths to find out about a product or service before we actually invest our money in it. Um, so for the modern buyer these days, about 70% of that journey takes place online and a lot of it on a mobile device. And there's really four key areas that you should focus on um, when you're marketing a product or service. Um, And it looks like awareness, consideration, decision, or you could also call it the purchase stage, and then that post-purchase advocate stage. So actually after the customer uh, has purchased and how to to keep them engaged in the process. And every stage is very different in terms of of how you approach that and and the sort of content that you produce. So speaking of those stages, when you're saying that, I'm immediately picturing, you know, throwing up some butcher paper up on the wall, getting some textures from your children's bedroom and starting to map out what you think the customer does. Is that a good starting point to understand it? Or do you have to talk to your customers to know what they've done to access your product? Yeah, look, that's a great starting point. And the more that you can think about, the better. So quite often we talk to our customers about who who is your ideal client, because that's really important, as you say. What are the sort of places they're visiting online? What are the sort of activities they're doing offline as well? So that really matters. So 
when we talk about an ideal customer, we encourage our clients to go much deeper than just, say, an age or a gender. Um, we really um, we really encourage them to talk about their goals, um, their motivations, their current pain points, what their overall character is, and also what are the main tasks they want to achieve in their life. Um, and then you can use data and we always recommend to pull from multiple data points to find information on this on this person and we also recommend give them a name don't just say you know it's um you know, young people that live in the western suburbs. Is it a young female? Uh, what's her name? Is her name Kelly? Uh, what does she look like? What does she do? Where does she shop? And yes, mapping that out on butcher paper or, um, you know, on a spreadsheet, however you like to do it, is, is absolutely a great place to start. You mentioned information points. Now, some people's brain might go to something like data, um, maybe ABS data or perhaps where do you find that information? Because unless you're your own competitor who's already done this process, what's a good starting point to figure out um, more about this particular person and that data? And like, how do you find out those data points in the first place? Yeah, it's a great question. And there's a lot of paid platforms that offer this online, but really all of this data is free and it's readily available if you know where to look. So a great starting point is actually looking at your competitors. So if you know that you're marketing something that's already existing, so it's existing product or service, go to your competitors' websites and actually have a look at what sort of things they're saying, who they're targeting. It's very clear when you have a look at their social media pages or their website who they're actually talking to. Um, Another great source um, of finding the data is Google. So Google offers all sorts of information um, on its platforms. You can look at search data, so you can actually have a look at what sort of keywords people have searched for, where they're located, how often they've searched for that data. Um, So really there is so many places um, online to find that once you start looking. So in terms of looking at your competitor's website, you almost need to behave like a customer yourself. Is it worth doing the research where you go through the customer journey and maybe map it out to see what they're doing and work out where their failings are and where you think you could do it better? Absolutely. So the key here is what we want to do is really reach people on an emotional level. So I think where a lot of marketers fall down is they tend to be quite feature driven and they tend to go straight for the sell. And they do tend to forget that it is a journey. And that brand awareness piece at the start is really, really, really important. So if I just touch a little bit on what that customer journey looks like. So in the beginning, um, in the awareness stage, and let's consider a buyer, let's call him Mark, for example. So Mark is really expressing symptoms of a problem or an opportunity, but he doesn't actually realise that he has a problem yet. So he knows something's not quite right and he wants to buy a product or service, um, but he's really not limited in the brands or or products. So he's just online, he's looking at social media, he might be looking at websites, uh, and he really needs to be captured upfront with something that's what we call benefit driven. So not about the the features of the product or service, but actually how it can change and help his life in a meaningful way. And a lot of that takes place on websites and social media. Um, The next stage is consideration. So um, once you've realised that there's a problem, so Mark's sort of defined what that problem or opportunity is, and now he needs to solve it. So right now he's still really early in his journey and he's not too confined by his decisions. Um, He's not really set on one particular brand or website. Um, So he's looking at search, he's looking at social and maybe some paid ads to learn more about companies. Um, 
And so his search queries are going to reflect things um, about different products and brands and what he needs. From there, he's going to move down to a decision or purchase stage. So there he's really funneling down. So he might be comparing two brands at that stage to really figure out what he needs. Um, So at this stage, he might be talking to salespeople. He might be using a chat feature on a website, for example, or emailing and calling back and forth. And once he makes the sale, he goes into that... um, post-purchase or advocate stage and that's where brands really need to hold on to customers and continue to engage with them um, to make sure that they become an advocate of the brand and that they tell their friends. And that's a really important part of that uh, strategy I guess because nowadays we rely so heavily on reviews and we rely heavily on people's recommendations to family and friends and people that they know. This actually struck me the other day I was down at Mudgee and I'd done the wineries as one does and I went to a fantastic distillery and I wonder had a wonderful experience and I was finishing the tasting and I said can I take a photo and I'll pop this up on LinkedIn and he said yeah don't forget to mention us on um on what is it not Travelocity the other one with the owl no, nah, it's gone. TripAdvisor? Yeah, it is. TripAdvisor. <laughs> My brain's a bit addled. Uh, to look at TripAdvisor and, and to put something on Google. But he said at the end of that, which was fine, I was happy to do that because I'd already offered. But at the end of it, he said, but maybe don't do it unless you're willing to put five stars. And I thought, that is so sad because we're now at that stage in reflecting on our marketing purchases as it's either 100% perfect or don't do it at all. Do you think that's going to change? Do you think it'll even itself out or is it really just about it's got to be perfect or you better not say anything otherwise you're going to destroy a small business? <laughs> I think brands are really scared about hearing from their customers because they think, oh, exactly that. What if they say something bad about me or what if it's not perfect? But really brands should be looking at that as an opportunity to to change, to better their product or service. Okay, that's a really good opportunity to learn about where they might be falling down. So if it is a four out of five star review, I would say that's an opportunity to get better, get to know that customer and turn them into a five-star customer. So that might be reaching out to them. And that's why that advocate stage is so important. So it's not just transactional. It's not about we forget about the customer as soon as they buy something. It's about how can we keep them on side? How can we keep telling them about our new products, our services, how we've bettered ourselves? So um, I would say don't shy away from that. And also don't think that everything you put online has to be perfectly curated. Um, Customers, we're, we're in the era where authenticity is so important. You know, we, we want to laugh. We want to see, you know, that 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 sometimes things don't come together. And, and that's why um, brands that are doing really well um, open themselves up, up on social media. So they show, they, they pull back the curtain, they show what's happening on behind the scenes and things when they don't go exactly right. Um, and that wins a lot of trust, wins a lot of loyalty and also likability in a customer's eyes. So with the social media planning, it seems to me like it's a bit of a puzzle where you've got elements that you need to cater to your exact ideal client who you described earlier, but then also pieces of the puzzle that might bring in different clients as well. What's a really good starting point for that social media strategy? Because I think we've got marketing strategy, which is part of our business plan, and then we need to break it down into smaller chunks as well. So with the social media strategy, if you're just starting out, where do you start? Mm -hmm. What do your first few posts look like? 
So it's really important to understand what you're doing social media for, because I think a lot of brands fall into the trap of, oh, our competitors are on Facebook and social media and, um, and Instagram and Pinterest and all the areas. So we need to do all of that sort of stuff as well. But really coming back to that, again, that ideal customer and where he or she is spending a lot of time online and also where is most important in that customer journey. If you're a new um, brand out on the market with a new product launch or a new service launch, you really need to focus time on that brand awareness because, you know, as I said, people don't just impulse buy anymore. They need to be taken along that journey and, and they really need to understand why they need that product or service in their life. So social media is a great tool for brand awareness. Um, so I would say you really do need a strategy with with social media. It shouldn't be reactive. You really need to commit time to it. And I would suggest that if you are a marketer who's really time poor is don't try to do it all. Just figure out the one platform that you think is going to be really powerful and, and really nail that. Put all of your effort into making that the best um, possible content that it can be. Um, and what we do with, with our clients is we talk about content pillars. So we try to figure out what sort of content is going to be useful for that buyer and then put it into buckets. So is it educational, for example, on one side? Is it inspirational? Is it um, simply how-to content? So is it kind of more instructional or is it more behind-the-scenes kind of, you know, feel-good content? We'll show you how to do things and who we are as a team. I like the idea of doing those buckets. That's a really, really fantastic idea. Now, given that most of our customers are probably on multiple platforms, is it silly to cut and paste and have exactly the same content on multiple platforms? Is that just going to get spammy? Uh, people like to do that. They throw around the, the term automation. You know, we'll just automate it. We'll get our website to just post the same content on, you know, 15 different platforms. Um, I'm, I'm not personally a fan of that because I think from the customer's perspective, you can really tell when something's just been thrown up, copied and paste, kind of slapdash. And especially if you're following the brand on multiple pla- platforms, you kind of think, well, why bother checking their Facebook page when I've already liked it on Instagram, for example? It feels like work. Um, So really have a think about what sort of features um, you want to tap into for each platform. So for example, on Facebook, maybe it's not about just posting the same thing on the feed, but maybe it's about doing live stories, for example. Um, So really have a think about um, producing different content for different platforms if you are, in fact, looking at multiple platforms on social media. And right now, we're all in a little bit of a period of downtime, with the exception of a few really successful businesses who have managed to pivot like you know the names of stage kings for example but what we've got is a scenario we've got lots of time where we can really plan it out and that I guess that's a really good opportunity now to take advantage of that would you agree? Yeah absolutely I think you know when when business slows uh, it's it's easy to get caught up with oh I need to make money I need to sell 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 but think of it as an opportunity. Sometimes when our businesses slow down, it's an opportunity to sort of stand back and and go, actually, what are we trying to achieve here? How can we improve certain processes in our business? How can we improve the customer experience? And sometimes even asking your customers what they want from you is a great is a great step. So why not send out a survey or put up a poll, or get people engaged in that content process and find out from them what's going to be um, most valuable. 
Fantastic. We're just going to take a quick break here on Triple H. If you've just joined us, we're talking to Laura from LEP Digital, a marketing expert who's sharing with us the importance of understanding the customer journey and marketing strategy in this weird time that we live in. We're going to take a quick break here on Triple H 100.1 FM and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM. You're listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd and today we are talking all about small business marketing and marketing strategy. Something that uh, particularly in these times, it's very, very important to understand and in particular we're talking about the customer journey. Now, um, Laura, we mentioned before the break how the customer journey differs from different platforms, but is it straightforward? Is it very easy to predict what your customer is going to do these days? No. <laughs> Damn not. it. That is such a shame. I yeah. hoped that I could just, you know, set and forget. So we kind of think of this customer journey as being really linear. You know, we've got these four stages, you know, we just need to get them through each stage as quickly as possible. But in reality, it's really messy and really chaotic. It's kind of like a ball of wool that's tangled. So quite often customers will take steps backwards before they actually take steps forward. So as I mentioned earlier, about 70% of this um, customer journey takes place online. And this is where the customer is really in control. They really expect to receive personalized um, information from us on their schedules. So we, as, as a brand and as content marketers, just need to be at the ready to supply that information when they turn to their phones to ask about it. Um, so... Um, there's a really interesting case study that Google and a data research company called Luth Research carried out. Um, and it was about a woman called Stacy uh, who went on a car buying journey. And Google actually tracked her journey over time and found that during that process of buying a car, she looked at 900 digital touch points over a space of about three months. Um, 71% of those digital touch points happened on a mobile. Um, and if you kind of break down what that 900 looked like, roughly, um, she explored 14 brands of cars. She conducted 139 Google searches, looked at 89 images, watched 14 YouTube videos, had 69 dealer interactions uh, and 186 manufacturer interactions. So that's just in buying one thing. And of course, it is a car, so it's a big purchase. But that makes life incredibly dif- difficult for a content market because they need to produce all of that content (laughs) to have it the ready every time that customer looks to their phone to Google something. But I guess the good news is that if we know that all of the customers are going to behave haphazardly and they're all going to potentially have those different touch points, if we cover our bases by making sure we've got the social media posts, the um, accessibility through customer service ourselves, as, as, as you would put it through the dealer, if, you, if we could call ourselves that, and we also have videos and we also have product information, um, if you have that wide range of information about the product, is that helpful? Definitely. So a lot of people ask me, okay, so just tell me what I need to produce. So there there are a couple of content um, items that you should have at the ready for every stage of this buyer journey. So in the awareness stage, um, it's good to produce things like um, ebooks, trend reports, guides, infographics, checklists, anything that kind of, kind of help that customer realize that there's a problem or an opportunity to be addressed there. 
Um, you don't even need to talk to about your brand at that stage. It's really just about planting this idea in, in the customer's head and helping them move along. Um, in the second stage, in that consideration stage, we say that it, it's great to have things like calculators, um, templates, webinars, reviews, case studies, anything that can help that customer to make that decision. So they're really in that evaluation stage there. So um, they're going to be looking at your brand and, and looking at other brands and trying to work out what fits best for them. In that decision stage, as you mentioned, videos work really well. So product videos, uh, how-to, testimonials, FAQs, price guides, because remember, they're ready to make a decision on the spot there. They're kind of just in their final stages. Um, And then in that last one, the customer advocate stage, it's really important to produce content that's the, you know, the warm and fuzzies, um, the blogs, the email newsletters, the social media to, to ensure that your customer remembers you and they tell their friends because they had such a good experience. Well, I think if uh, anything, that last 45 seconds of information should be transcribed and put on the wall <laughs> of everybody's office about exactly... I love the fact that you've, you've managed to correlate the four stages of the journey with the f- different things that you should do to, to meet those requirements that the customer has as they move along the journey. That's absolutely fantastic. I can't thank you enough for coming on the program today, Laura. Tell us a little bit about LEP Digital and where people can find out more. So LEP Digital is a full service content marketing agency based on the Central Coast and we work with many businesses across Sydney and Newcastle. Um, you can get in touch with us online, of course. Uh, LEP.digital is our um, URL and you can also find us on on social media channels, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Listeners, if you've just joined us or if you've missed any of today's program, you can, of course, catch up via iTunes, Spotify, wherever you ingest your podcasts, where there are over 150 podcasts just like this one, where you can learn how to grow, adapt, pivot, do all those things that we're meant to be doing when we're running a small business while actually running a small business. Thank you again for joining us, Laura. Thanks, Alexi. Pleasure. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll speak to you all next week with another round of fantastic guests covering small business education and advocacy. My name's been Alexi Boyd. I'll see you all next week.